Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live.
for the Lord. Lord. Amen. He said he never left himself without a witness. Don't 
I went down to find him. My soul cast out of down to the fountain just to get another dip. Amen. Amen. Thank God for the testimony that God is able, that the word of God do work. Amen. You, you got, a matter of fact, in our Bible lesson, there's a verse of scripture in the Bible lesson. I believe we got to it just this past week where the, where the Bible said the word of the Lord is what? It's tried. Huh? The word of the Lord is tried. Amen. As often as the preacher preached the word. As often as the, as the teacher teaches the word, the word going to be tried in your life. And how is tried? Through trials and tribulations. Through the enemy speaking in your ears saying that God don't love you. Nobody care about you. Don't seem like nothing going to work for you. No doors going to be open for you. And as soon as you get there, amen, to that point, that's when God opened up the doors. Amen. When you let go and let God. Amen. But as long as you're trying to do it, it's not going to be done. Why? Because the praise and glory are going to go to you and not to God. Amen. The Bible said that the Lord is what? Worthy to be praised. For he has done great things. Yes, Lord. Amen. Uh, and on that note, amen, from what our sister said and talked about, our lesson, amen, going to talk somewhat about the same thing. Because it seems like some of us don't realize who we are in the Lord. Don't realize that the inheritance and the promises that God has made to us in the Lord. And he says to us, be not weary, for in due season you're going to reap if you faint not. If you don't let your troubles, your problems, your, your marriage, your, your job, or your children, if you, don't, if you don't allow it to get you down and make you stop looking up to God and still yet believing that God is able, if you don't do this, he said, then in due season, then you'll reap if you faint not. Don't let those things make you faint, faint. Don't let those things make you give up throwing the towel. You'd like to say something else, sister? You want to sing a song or something? Our lesson will come from the first chapter of the book of Ephesians. Let us look at, at, at the promises that God made. We're going to do a little Bible study. So have your Bible with you. Get in your, 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 your iPad or whatever it is you have. Because we want to look at some things this afternoon. So God can encourage your heart that who you are in the Lord. Why do you think that most of the saints say that the Lord brought them from where? Mighty a mighty long ways. You're not going to just get there on the flower bed of ease. It's not going to just jump in your lap. Just because you go to church, you pay your tithes. No, you got to trust in the word of God. First Ephesians, first chapter of Ephesians. The first chapter of the book of Ephesians, we're going to begin reading from verse number one. Look at all of these credentials and all of this identification and, and, and uplifting that Paul gives to the church. Now, now this, this church in Ephesus, amen, it was not... A, a, a Jewish place. This was a, a Greek uh, believing place. But, but through the word of God, Paul allowed them, Paul uh, had them to begin to believe in God's word. 
and they became they began believers. You can become a believer if you believe in the word of God. You don't become a believer just because you believe that there is a God. The Bible said the devil believed that there's a God in trouble, but the devil not going to honor God's word. Look what he says in the first verse of, of this first chapter of Ephesians. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, Grace be to you and peace from God, our Father, and from the Lord, Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Somebody read that with me. Verse 4, read together. According as he had Say that again. Say it again. Who chose? Not you. He. According to as he had chosen us in him. When when did he choose you? When did he choose you? Before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him. In who? In love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ, to himself according to the good pleasure, to the good pleasure is what you wanted. To the, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he had made us accepted in he loves you. <laughs> Doesn't matter how nobody else feels about you. He has accepted you in the beloved. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he had abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he had purpose in himself. Now, where is your purpose at? Your purpose is in him. That in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. What we got? being predestinated according to the purpose of him who working all things after, not, not after your friends, what they think, not after the popular opinion of people, but after the counsel of his own will. We, we just like to talk from the, from the subject, uh, 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 he chose me. He chose me. He chose you too. Jesus said, for you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Now, look at your name and say, neighbor, if you only knew about me. (laughs) Even though God still chose me. 
He chose Our Father and our God, we thank you once again for your holy scriptures. Thank you for all your saints that gathered here in your place of worship, your God, where your word can be expounded upon, where your truth can be uh, go forth, dear God, to the hearts and the minds and the spirits of the people, dear God, that they may be uplifted and encouraged in who they are, in whom they are, in the mighty name of Jesus, and all the things that you have pertaining unto them in Christ Jesus. And Father, we thank you and we praise you, and we give you all the glory, not only for those that are gathered, but for all those who have called us in. And we pray that the blessing may come your way on today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We are the New Way of Life Ministries. I'm Pastor Herman Evans. We're located 32822 State Highway 249 in Pinehurst, Texas. Our zip is 77362. Our email address is nwoflife2002 at yahoo.com. Let us hear from you. Amen. He chose me. Amen. Even though he knew everything about me. Amen. He still chose me. You hear a lot of people saying that they were going to come. You know, how many times we've witnessed to people and invited them to church and said, as soon as I get my self together, I'm going to come visit your church. I'm going to give myself to God. But we need to understand that we can never get ourselves together. Not your friend, not even your spouse. It's only left up to God. What the, what, what the, the, the soloist say? Soon as I stop worrying about, I let go, and I let God do what? Have his way. We didn't turn it over to mama or daddy, husband or wife. Or even a friend. We had to give it over to who? To the Lord. Jesus gave the, 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 the story concerning the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible said that, that the woman was, 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 was sick. She had the issue of blood for how long? Twelve long years. Twelve long years. And she heard that Jesus was passing by. And she left and she said, if I but just touch I shall be made whole. And when did she make up her mind to do this? The Bible said after she had spent all she had, after she had spent everything she had, went to every doctor in town, trying to get healed, trying to be delivered, then she heard about Jesus. Why why is it that he's always our last resort? Huh? Brother, Brother Evans, why, why is it that the Lord is always our last resort? When he said, come to me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. How do we learn about God if we don't learn about him through his word? And because you say, because you do all of these wonderful things that God said, for us to do, you know what Paul comes back and says? That's only your reasonable service. That's your service to God for saving you, baby. It does not, it does not give you the, 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 the ticket to make it to Hollywood. It don't give you a ticket 
to a brand new car. It don't give you a ticket to a fine bank account. It only gives you a ticket to make heaven your home. That's what it does. He died to save you from your sin, not to make you rich and famous and fabulous and all of this, so that we can become a what? Effective witness for God. So, so, so here in the book of Ephesians, Paul the apostle, the one who was a, a persecutor of God's people, a persecutor of the church, he's given these illustrations, these admonitions concerning himself and God. Can you do the same? My sisters and brothers, saints of God, can you admonish God in the same manner that Paul is doing here? You got to come to grips with who you are, baby. You got to come to grips of who you are in Christ. And it's not until we be able to see ourselves that we're able to see who Christ really is to us and in our lives. Look what Paul said. Paul is an apostle of Jesus Christ. And how did he become this? By the will of God. That's how you got saved. You didn't get saved because you said you're going to make up your mind, I'm going to go to church, and I'm going to give myself to God. No, 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 baby. It was done by who? The will of God. It was in God's will that you be saved. He said to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Now he's talking about two different types of people here. The Bible says many are called, but only a few are chosen. Now he's talking about two different types of people here in this one verse. He said to the saints which are at Ephesus, which means the people who have got saved. It's funny how people can get saved, accept Christ, but yet don't be faithful to him. Lord, help us here today. It's something like a husband or wife that don't be faithful to one another in the marriage. He said, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Now, the people, the when he called the one saints, do you realize that, that when, 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 when you're in church and the preacher is addressing the congregation, do he address the congregation as sinners? He addressed the congregation as what? As saints. But if, if he addressed the whole church as saints, do you believe that the whole church is faithful? So he addressing two different types of people here. One who have accepted Christ to be saved and become saints or to be set apart. And also those that are faithful. So why is it that God can do the same for all of us, but only a few of us can remain faithful? He said, grace be to you in peace from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And so now he's pronouncing a blessing upon the church that no money, no fame or fortune can get. How much can you pay for peace? How much do peace cost? How much do peace cost? How much can you pay to get peace? Where peace come from? Peace come from God. You can't get peace, baby, with money, fame, or fortune. We just saw many famous people, Elvis Presley, Michael Jackson, and the latest one, Prince. They all died that had a whole lot of moolah. They had money. They had fame. They had fortune. They had poverty. They had people knew them worldwide. But they didn't have peace. They had to take drugs to find peace. They had to take drugs to try and get sleep. 
Baby, you can't pay for peace. Our peace come from Christ. Jesus said, my peace, I give you. My peace, I leave with you. Not as the world gives. See, the world gives it by when you get that moolah. When you get a little fame and fortune, a little money in your pocket, a little clothes in your closet, you think that you got it. But all it takes is a stone to take it all away. Jesus said he gives us the peace that surpass all understanding. When you're doing bad, you got peace. When you don't have no money in your pocket, you got peace. Amen. When people don't care about you, don't love you, or don't seem to think about you, you still got peace. Why? Because it comes from God. He's saying the peace I give you is the peace I leave with you. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, we got spiritual blessings. We are, are gifted with spiritual blessings. We are gifted with spiritual blessings. But do we take advantage of those spiritual blessings that God has given us? We're so, we're so majoring in the, in, the, in the physical things that we're not, made, we're not paying attention to the spiritual things that God has given us. We're we asking God for houses and cars and land. What Jesus said in the book of, of Matthew, in the city, he said, look, I, your father already know that you need of these things. He already know that you need, need of these things. He said, if he feeds the sparrow, he said, how much more will he do for you? He said, but if you give yourself to God, he said, then all of these things shall be given up, it shall be added unto you. He got to come first in your life in order for God to reveal all of these things to you. And it's nobody but the devil that put blinders on our eyes because people in the church world as well as out in the world itself think that the only way that we are, that God is really in our lives is when we have things. When we have things. But we have to understand that we have a commitment to God first before the things come. Seek ye first. And what is the kingdom? The kingdom is not physical. The kingdom is spiritual. What is the God's kingdom? You and you and you and you and me. We are the kingdom of God. We are his kingdom. He is the king. We are the kingdom. He rule. We serve. I hope somebody hearing me here. <laughs> With all spiritual blessings in Christ. Now, in the same book of Ephesians, go to chapter 4. Go to chapter 4. Talk talking about and concerning spiritual blessings. Look what he says here in Ephesians 4. Look at verse 8. Verse 7 says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he said, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts when he left and went back to the Father, he left us with gifts. Now, what was the gifts he left us with? Look at verse 11 through 12. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. And what did he do that for? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. 
And when did he do this? And how long? What it was for? Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's what he gave it to us for. For the better ourselves as Christians be strong in Christ that we become effective witness to the world that people will ask, what must I do to be saved? Salvation is what it's all about. It's not about gaining popularity, houses, and cars of people. We're working for the kingdom of God. You got people look at churches and count members, how many members you got. Amen. But God is not worried about members. He's worried about his what? Kingdom. When he gave this prayer to his disciples and he prayed, he said, let the church come. Or did he say, let my kingdom come? Huh? Where he wanted to come at? On earth, as it is in heaven. And this is what he's asking you and I to do, to go out and gather the people into the kingdom. You talk, they talk about the Jehovah Witness, but you know what they call their church? Huh? What they call it, Sister Jane? Kingdom. Because they're supposed to be working for God's kingdom. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According, look what he said, according as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, that is something. Before your mama knew you, before your grandfather and your uncle Freddie, they even got together. God already knew you. You was already in heaven with God. And anytime God gives something, he's always looking for what? To get it back. When they buried Jesus in the borrowed tomb, they, the, it, 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 the Bible explicitly lets you know that the tomb was borrowed. It wasn't given. It wasn't meant for him. It was they bought they place him in a borrowed tomb. And any time you borrow something, you have to give it back. We are li- the class. Huh. You know, you somebody okay. You know, somebody might not be believe what I'm talking about. Think I'm talking out the top of my head. Turn to Jeremiah chapter one. That's why I told you get your Bibles, have your Bibles with you. Jeremiah chapter 1. When you get that, say amen. Jeremiah chapter 1. You got it? Jeremiah chapter 1. Okay. Now, this is Jeremiah prophesying, or more or less giving his testimony. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Anadot, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Amos, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, and the son of Josiah, king of Judah, 
until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. All of this was going on while they was working on Jeremiah in the heavens. Look here now. Look at verse 5 where it says. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I... Who, who, who phoned you? Who made you the way you made? Who gave you the ways that you got? Huh? Who gave you the looks you got? Who gave you the intelligence that you have? He said, before I phoned thee. So stop worrying about being like somebody else. If God formed you, do you realize in the beginning, in, verse, in, in, in Genesis 1 and 1, he said, in the beginning, the word, huh? And the Bible said that when he began to create, after each day he created, he looked back at it and said, baby, ain't nothing wrong with you. Ain't nothing wrong with you. The Bible said that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. This is what God done for you. I know a lot of people try and make you and change you into what they think that you should be and what you should look like. And girl, I think your hairstyle ought to be like this, and I think this, and I think that. But the Bible said that before I formed thee, in the belly, I knew thee. Now, if he knew you before you was formed, where were you? <laughs> did, did, did you ever look at it like that? Before I formed you in the belly. Now, the man, the only thing he can do is what? Plant the seed. But God is the one who gives the increase. That's all we can do is plant a seed. Many women in the Bible was barren. They was married, they had a husband, so that meant that they had to have some type of physical relationship. But they never got pregnant because they were barren until God, what, quickened the wound. He touched the wound. And so he said, before <laughs> I found thee in the belly, I knew thee. Now, where does seed come from? The Bible says all good and perfect gifts come from where? From the Father of life. Right? I like this here. He said, I formed thee, and before thou came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. Now, what do you think sanctified means? Do you think sanctified means wearing a whole lot of white clothes and having your head tied up? Huh? And you're walking in speaking to nobody, thinking that you're so different, you're so special? You know what sanctified means? It only means that you were set apart. That's all sanctified means, is to be set apart for, for, for specific use. How many, how many times you didn't have something, a dress, or shoes, pocketbooks, or something, or a pot, say, look, don't use that. I got that set. I got that for something. You didn't set that on the side for a special day and for a special purpose. This is what God did for you, little girl. He set you aside for a special day, for a special purpose. This is what he did for you, good sister. He set you aside. So that's why God got to teach us what? Patience. The way the Lord shall renew his strength. He shall model with wings as eager. He shall run, not be weary, walk, and not faint. Why? Because I know that regardless of where I'm going and how I am right now, I got better than it because I've been chosen in Christ Jesus. 
He said, I've sanctified thee, and I'll send thee a prophet unto the nation. Now, he's letting Jeremiah know why he was born, why he came here, what his purpose was. He ordained him to be a prophet to the nation, not to a church, but to a nation of people. Do you realize, Sister Jan, when you witness to somebody, that somebody going to carry your word somewhere else? I remember the late Pastor Carl used to tell us, he said, that, that, that the ministry had gone so well that the people came to him and said, said, said uh, Pastor Claus, why don't you put your ministry on the radio? He said, he said when they told him that, he said he didn't get all excited and all puffed up. He said, no sooner they said it, the Lord spoke to him and said, say, Eddie, he said, look, your ministry is going to go to the north, the south, the east, and the west. You don't have to get on, on the radio. He said, I'm going to send it to the north, the south, the east, and the west. And he said, kept wondering how in the world that the word going to go that way. When he put the word in you and put the word in me. Did anybody in here ever know that you'd be living in the state of Texas? <laughs> my wife wanted to go, but I kept telling them my neighbor's thing wasn't cut in Texas. But I'm here. You never know what God's going to do. What he have ordained you for. But the time, due time, going to come. But God's going to reveal to you what your purpose and the plan that he had woo, for your life. <laughs> Jeremiah wanted to be a family man. He wanted to be a husband and, and, and raise children. But God said, I'm playing something else playing for you. See, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. This is what I'm saying. Now, let us go to the book of Judges. <laughs> Judges. The book of Judges. And we're going to look at chapter, okay, Samson, where you at? Without help. Okay, chapter 13, the book of Judges. Look at verse, at verse 1 through 5. Judges chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistine for 40 years. And there was a certain man of Zorah, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren, and Bernad. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman, and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren, and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive, and bear a son. Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine, nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive, and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be Nazareth unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver his and to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Now, 
verse 1 said that God did what? The Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. Verse 5 said God is about to get them up out of the hand of the Philistines by this one child. Lord, I can't do this by myself. Lord, we, we need more members in here. Lord, we need this and we need that. But God said here that he is going to deliver a whole nation of people by one person. Look at verse 24. And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtar. Now, this woman here was barren. She couldn't even conceive. But God sent his dispatched an angel to the woman to let her know that she was going to have a child. And this child was going to be something special to the whole world. Going to be special to the nation. Going to be special to a people that need them to bring them back to who? Back to God. Lord, help us here. Look what God has done for you. Look what God has done in your life. Look how important God has made you to a whole nation that you can be one person and lead a whole group of people to God. There was in, there was in distress. There was in bondage. There was in turmoil to a nation of ungodly people called the Philistines for 40 years. 40 is the number of trials, the number of tempting. And God took one man and said that he would begin to deliver them from the hands of the Philistine, one person. Do you realize that you're a gift to this world? You have to realize that you're a gift to this world. Father, son, you might not be in church like you're supposed to. And it's no, it's no, it's, it's nothing on you because you don't have a call, you don't have a, a way to get to somebody's church. You don't have to necessarily be this church. But you have to understand, son, that you are a gift to this world. You're not a curse. You're not an excuse. But you are a blessing to this world. And you have something to offer to somebody. We sometimes look for people to want to give something to us, do something for us, help us with this and help us with that. But God allowed us to go and deal with certain things in life so that we can be a blessing to a whole bunch of people. Somebody in this life you're going to meet, and you're going to be able to strengthen them, encourage them, that might be contemplating suicide because of what they're dealing with and what they're going through, what they don't have and where they don't live, and you can let them know, I was there, but God kept me, and God delivered me. You can be a blessing to a nation of people. With the testimony that God has given you. God has given you a testimony. God haven't forgotten about you, son. He haven't forgotten about you. God is still in love with you. He don't love you no more now than he did before you was born. He loves you just as much now. This, these people 
had gave themselves to God. They, was, they had honored God. But God did not forget about them. Even when you can't make it to church, which is not your fault, begin to pray every day. Begin to give something, give yourself in some way to God. God going to open up some doors for you and bless you. These people kept giving themselves to God. They kept honoring God. Till the day that God heard their prayer and honored their prayer and, and, and dispatched an angel to them to let them know that this woman, your wife, is barren. She cannot bring forth. We already know about it because we made her that way. God already knew that she was barren. See, sometimes we tell God about something that he already knows. He already knows. It's nothing that escapes God. We can't get by with God with anything. He already knows. He said, but, but, but I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to give you a son, and he's going to begin to deliver the people from the Philistines. Verse 1 said God delivered them into the hand. Verse 5 says he's going to begin to deliver them from out of their hands. And he's going to do it with what? One man. And the woman called his name Samson. And the child grew. And the Lord blessed him. God never wants us to remain in this place. He expects for you to grow. The Bible says that we grow in God's grace through the knowledge of his word. God don't expect us to stay in one place. He's not excited about you just being in church. He's not excited about you paying tithes and putting up offerings. He is excited about your growth in Christ. The child grew in the love. Do you realize the more you grow, the more God's going to bless you? How the world, look, before your child gets to a certain age, you're not going to trust a $100 bill in their hands and send them to the store by themselves, not knowing that somebody's going to take their money or they're going to get the right change. According to as they grow then you can, can trust them with more money. You can trust them with certain things. But if they're not growing, if they're not maturing, you can't trust them. You can't trust them to leave them in the house. You can't trust them with some money. You can't trust them to go to certain places by themselves. You want to send somebody with them. Why? Because they can't be trusted because they haven't matured or grown. God expects us to grow. God asked Jeremiah, Jeremiah, he said, is there a bomb in Gilead? Is there a physician in the city? He said, then how come the health of my people are not healed? Why are they not healed yet? If there is a bomb, which is the medication for pain, and if there's a physician who administered the medication, he said, then how come the people are healed? So God expects if there is medication given, if there's a physician in the city, then the people should be healed. They should be, they should be responding to the medication. They should be growing. They should be getting better. And the spirit of the Lord begins to move him. Look, look what happens when you grow. The spirit will move. The spirit of God will move on you, in your life. The spirit of God will touch you. To let people know that God is in this person's life. When you've been touched in some kind of way. When you see people dancing and shouting all over the church and getting a happy dance or they start crying when they're singing, God is touching their hearts. 
because they realize that God has done something special for them. Samson's mother could not bear until the angel came down and pronounced a blessing upon her. Paul said it was by the grace of God that I am what I am. Yes, Lord. It's only through God's grace. It's only through his grace. He said, according as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. Now, the word adoption should say, should say something real loud to you. Because adoption means that you get an opportunity to know something about the child before you take this child into your house. Amen, somebody. Huh? You have an opportunity to say yes, or you have an opportunity to say no. I can't deal with this type of person. I can't deal with this kid with these type of things and run into the hospital and run into this. No, this child is sickly. This child is this, that, and the other. And I cannot take this child. Adoption means that you have an opportunity to know something about the child before you even take it. God knew everything about you and I. But yet he still adopted us. He still took us. And we became adopted children. By Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. We are here through the will of God. We are saved by the will of God. The spouse you have is by the will of God. A lot of people are trying to get out of certain marriages, certain, uh, certain relationships, and don't realize that it is the will of God. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. And so do friends sharpen the countenance of a friend. And so if, if, if iron's got to be sharpened, if life's got to be sharpened, that means that somewhere that knife is dull and it needs some work done on it. But the knife can't sharpen itself. No more than you can sharpen yourself, baby. I can sharpen you and you got to sharpen me. And we complaining about this and we complaining about that. And our husband, our wives is not this and not like that. Oh, I wish my husband was like Joe Blow. And all you're doing is just tearing him down rather than sharpening him. But it was done by what? The good pleasure of God's will. To the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he had made us accepted in the beloved. If God accepts you, you don't have to worry about nobody else not accepting you. Because nobody else have a heaven or hell to put you in. Nobody got a heaven or hell to put you in. But we spend so much of time trying to please people, trying to live up to their expectation of us, that we have forgot how to please God. We have forgotten the fact that we are accepted in the beloved. If nobody else accepts you, you got to know that God has accepted you. Because he loved you. You got people that have children that are born uh, with, with different type of birth defects. But that mother still loved that child. You got them born with, with Down syndrome. And now we're talking about this Zika virus. You think that mother leave that child in there suffering? That, you, uh, look, when they show them people on the news, you know where they're at? They're at the clinic. They're at the hospital trying to get some help for that child. Because they love their child. Do you realize God 
by his good pleasure of his will, is trying to get you some help because he loves you. He knows that you got problems. He knows you got weakness. He knows that you got some issues in your life. All of us come to God with baggages. When you put somebody in your life <laughs> to help you, to sharpen you, that's the thing that lets you know how God loves you. When somebody can love you in spite of, when you can love somebody in spite of, it lets you see the love that God has for you. In whom we have redemption. You know what redemption means? You mean your price. A price been paid for you. Christ died to set you free. The redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he had abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure which he had purposed in himself. Is nobody but God. God is trying to let us know how much he cares for you, how much he loves you, and how much you mean, not only to him, but to this world. We have worth and value in the Lord. And he has given you spiritual blessing. He has placed something in you to let you know that he loves you. Let you know that you have a purpose and a plan in this life. A lot of times we get to certain places in our lives and we think that this is it. But God has greater plans for you. He have greater plans for you. You know how these people's lives was written about? You know how in the, in the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, which is, the, which is the, the chapter about faith, now faith is the substance. Talk about faith. All of these people came to God in faith. And they talked about them, how Moses gave up Egypt because he had, 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 had trusted in the, in the promises and the treasures that God had for him. All of these people came to God by what? By faith. And God is trying to let you know that you have to have faith. Have faith in God that he has something better for you. Because God chose you. And if God chose you, he wants to use you. And you need to know that you're somebody that's special. Because God chose you. Stop looking down on yourself. Stop thinking less of yourself. And it's bad when people of God have low self-esteem about themselves because they don't know who they are and whom they are. They are something special in the sight of God. And because the Bible says he chose you of his good pleasure. And nobody told him, nobody counseled him. The Bible said that last verse that we read, he said he did it all after the counsel of his own will. Nobody had to counsel God or talk God into Allowing you to live, allowing that seed that your father placed in your mother to come forward. He said, "Look, I knew all about these things that, that you was gonna be facing. I knew you'd be even the belly, but I sanctified you, your part, that I might use you." When he said that he 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 had sanctified Jeremiah and he ordained them to be a prophet, he's letting them know, "Say, look, I didn't I didn't call you and bring you to church just to set." I called and I ordained you to do something. 
And we can't talk about it, church. We got to what? Be about it. We got to be about it. So let's get busy because God chose you. And he didn't choose you just to sit. I remember when I was a small kid, we was out, out on, uh, on, on a baseball field, a basketball. You, you had two captains, and the captains, what they did, they was picking, right? I take him, and I take this, and I take that. We was being chosen by people. And some of us were so happy and elated to be on somebody's team because they chose us. Baby, get elated and excited over being on, the, on God's team. Go out for, to be a, a basketball player, cheerleader. Some, some girls be out there just as cute and, and just as good looking and, and all of these things as others, but sometimes they don't make it. They don't get chosen. But the ones who get chosen, they're so excited, they're jumping and they're cheering that, that they were chosen to be a cheerleader. Baby, be a cheerleader for God. He chose you. And that's what we need to get excited about. Regardless of our frailties, regardless of our faults, and regardless of our shortcomings and all of these other things, God still chose you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. And may God keep you. Know that you're somebody in Christ. Know that you are in, accepted in the beloved. He loves you just that much. Amen. We thank God for your presence. Thank God for those who called in. We do pray that something was said in the word of God have been uplifting, some encouragement, amen, some eye-opening experience for those, amen, that have been in doubt, those that have been uh, struggling with certain things that's going on, thinking that God don't think about you, God don't care. Baby, he care if he chose you. He care if he chose you. So we thank God for the word on today, amen. May God bless you. May God keep you. This is our prayer. Let us stand as we're about to be dismissed.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.